It takes more than pressing the up arrow 20 times in your terminal to avoid retyping a four-letter command to be a great engineer. <laughs> this is Soft Skills Engineering, episode 281. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. Soft Skills Engineering is a weekly advice podcast for software developers about all the non-technical stuff that it takes, like how to really undo all that stuff you automated in your workflow by typing the up arrow 20 times. It's it's necessary, but not sufficient to be a great engineer to hit up 20 <laughs> times. I've done this too. I'm just like, oh my gosh, up, 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 up. No, yeah, I, I got in a bad Vim habit with that too. Like Vim is the perfect editor because it gives you so much power to jump around and then I just hit J like 30 <laughs> times in a row. <laughs> exactly. Should I thank our patrons? Please do. Thank you so much to these folks who are contributing to our Patreon such that we shout them out every single week. Thank you to Andrew Pollock, an invisible iframe clickjacking attack, trans rights, Ian Walter, Arun Duna, Kashockton, Ohio, Cameron Hall, patreon.com.au are hiring, Ira Chan, Monkeyface Emoji, Jonathan King, testingisdocumenting.org, Roman Denisov, Fizzbuzz Influencer, Oladapo Fadier, Karen Svainson, Will Angel, Ragnar Harrison, Nick Hathaway, Travis Sanders, Dennis Bogdanov, Braden Keynes, John Grant, iBot Winrar, Nick Kantar, Philip John Basile, and Bites of Wisdom with a Y. Thank you so much. Do you think the person who wrote iBot Winrar just bought a license of Winrar or the whole company? Oh. Yeah, maybe this is a bigger flex than we thought. <laughs> if it's I acquired WinRAR, then I feel yeah. like I would I would know it was the company. So I acquired WinRAR is a badge of honor, but I bought WinRAR is a badge of shame. <laughs> <laughs> Why? You paid for a WinRAR license? <laughs> I don't know. You got to support whoever it is. Oh, yeah. I guess I forget sometimes that I'm a huge cheapskate and just always try the free stuff for as long as I can. <laughs> WinRAR develop. It's one person. Eugene Rochal. Sorry, Eugene. Maybe not. Oh. Now I'm seeing conflicting Google things and I'm moving on. Okay. <laughs> do you want to read our first question, Dave? Oh, let's do it. This comes from... Oh, this comes from a non-anonymous listener named Zach. Once in a while. We got to double check, make sure that's actually... Are we good to say Zach? Yeah, we're good. Okay. I checked. All right. Thank you. I don't ever want... <laughs> Some of these questions, they just... People don't want to... I would say like 90% of the questions that come in are anonymous, right? Anyway, not Zach. Zach is confident. <laughs> okay. Zach says, a few weeks ago, I interviewed and recommended we hire a contractor candidate who I will call Bob. We hired Bob. And by the way, Bob is in air quotes. And the reason will become clear <laughs> in just a minute. We hired Bob. <laughs> Today was the first time I saw Bob since the interview. Only Bob was not the person I interviewed. <laughs> it seems Bob had someone else pretend to be him to pass the interview. What should I do? <laughs> uh, wow. I was thinking about this and in the Zoom world, it feels like it'd be pretty easy. It, it'd be much easier to pay someone to attend meetings for you. Yes. Camera off. But then you could also just turn your own camera off and attend. So maybe the incentive isn't there. Yeah, that's wild. This is amazing. I guess there's a pretty strong incentive to do interview fraud in the world um, with salaries as high as they are, you know, nowadays. Yeah. But I've seen surprisingly little of it. I've seen one instance of plagiarism, mm -hmm. but I haven't been just exhaustively checking. So maybe there's more I just haven't seen. Um, and that's that's the only thing I've seen where it felt like someone was out and out trying to deceive us in the interview process by copying someone else's code that solved a problem. Yeah. Not saying that they used someone else's code. 
The most I've only seen I've seen two instances of severe like obvious fraud. One was a video interview where the interviewer clearly had someone directly off camera feeding answers to them and actually no. Oh, it was even wilder than that. They were lip syncing. The answers were being spoken. Yes, I, I'm this memory's all coming back. This was this was like five oh, or six years incredible. ago. And someone was lip syncing. This is like a, pre- a recorded video session. Someone was lip syncing off camera. And the, the candidate, the alleged candidate, a couple of times had to elbow the other person because they were leaning into frame. <laughs> it's like, go get, scoot over. <laughs> it was incredible. So that was one. But then I did, I did actually have a phone screen that I called the candidate. And I could hear, it was like a, a lot of muting. So like when the candidate wasn't speaking, they would be on mute, which is fine. Uh-huh. Except there was a lot of really long mutes where I would ask a question and then there would be like a 10 second pause and I'd be like, hello, hello. And then they, they would answer. And then I would yeah. ask a follow, a quick follow-up question like, oh, did you mean this? And it was like 10 more seconds on mute and then an answer. <laughs> huh. So that was the other one. Did you tell them they were caught? I did not. I played it really cool. I just went with it and said, and then I, you know, when I submitted my recommendation to the recruiter i just said hey we're not going to proceed and i said and i suspect there was fraud involved and i'm like you do with that what you want yeah like i value professionalism in interviews a lot so like even if someone is clearly abusing the system or trying to be fraudulent i still try to play it really cool and professional and treat them with a lot of respect because guess what like there's a chance that i i'm wrong you know (laughs) and it would be super rude to call someone out if yeah. You turn out to be wrong. I mean, oh my gosh, can you imagine? So I just go with it. Yeah. And then in the end, I just say no. Well, what do we do about Bob? Ask <laughs> fake Bob a question only real Bob would know. Like what? I don't know. <laughs> what, what did we talk about in the yeah. interview? <laughs> <laughs> what color was the shirt I was wearing? <laughs> yeah, that I would have, I would fail that. Yeah, me too. So hard. Me if someone too. tried that with me though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bob had someone else pretend to be him to pass the interview. What if, okay, you need to pull an invasion of the body snatchers type thing here and just start replacing people in the in the office one by one with not the same person, but claim it's the same person doing the same job. Okay. So yeah, you just start with yourself, find another air quotes, Zach, different height, different body shape, different hair color, different skill set. And they're just like, they come in one day and they're, they're Zach. They're here to work with Bob, just like before. But And then what? They're, they'll be so ashamed by the implicit insult in that. We found you out that they'll just leave of their own accord. That's like the ultimate passive-aggressive response. <laughs> as as passive-aggressive as you could possibly be. And you have to replace everyone that works there with people who don't know how to do the job. Exactly. So like it's, it's like... Pretty expensive. The, it's very expensive. You've sacrificed the careers and life of this entire company, but boy, did you deliver a message. <laughs> Part of me wants to say, just go talk to them and say, hey, you're not the person we interviewed. What's going on? But what you said earlier about not being 100% sure yeah. is sticking in my brain too. Like, what if you're wrong? <laughs> right. So I don't know. So how do we decide right and wrong in situations where we think a, I don't want to say the word crime, but you know, like a crime may have taken place. What do a we bamboozle. Do? A bamboozle. <laughs> what do we do? You have to hold a court. Ah. You get a jury. With a fake judge. Yes. <laughs> a judge who is not a, an actual judge, but instead a television performer. Exactly. Perfect. Are you 
Are you referring to the podcast I think you're referring to? Oh, no, I'm talking about Judge Judy. Oh, even better. And and all of the others like her. I'm pretty sure they're all not real judges, right? Uh, Jeez, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, I know the show's not a real... It's not a... Well, it's not a government-endorsed court. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it is a the court. The bailiffs do not come and haul the losers off to prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So hold, hold a court. Uh-huh. How do you select the judge? Well... You've now thought more about this problem than I have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could do it as a team building activity. <laughs> Instead of playing like Scrabble over Zoom, you you hold a trial for <laughs> Sus Bob. <laughs> Bob the Sus Tractor. I'm I'm just thinking through this and if you wanted to prove it. How would you do that? Because it's not like they have to submit ID when they interview, right? Like to pay them money, you have to have some kind of documentation. But if they just show up to an interview, it's not most likely you did not scan the driver's license of the person who you interviewed. Yeah. Yeah, very likely. And you know, it's interesting. I would hate to live in a world where we have to do this, but in many other similar scenarios, they have people actually present their government issued ID, photo ID during the interview process to prove they are who they say they are. Hmm. And that's the solution, but... I think you're thinking about this all wrong. Okay. It's a different Bob. Let's accept that. Do you like this Bob better? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe keep this one. (laughs) They've showed some moxie. Thinking outside the box. (laughs) Yeah. This Bob is a real go-getter. Imagine what they're going to do with your code base. (laughs) Imagine who they will bring in to pretend to do their own work for your code base. Exactly. Uh, this might be the most productive hire you've ever had. All right. Uh, m- more more alternative suggestions. You now have some pretty solid blackmail material about Bob. Oh, yeah. And it'll be pretty easy to get your pull requests. That's right. Reviewed. Let's just <laughs> listen, Bob. Let's just say Bob would be very willing to <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I'm going to need a plus 1 on this PR. To, yeah, to plus 1. Yeah. <laughs> or else or else I'm going to tell the world your secret. Yeah. Oh, right away. Here's your, here's your plus one. It's like, wait, who are you? It's like a third person. <laughs> That's actually interesting. What's it's gonna, This could be a new person every week. But then, okay, I've watched enough procedural crime shows to know what happens next. Okay. Now you're giving Bob power over you, right? Because if, if you later go to say, Bob is an imposter, then Bob can say, but Zach used this knowledge to, to blackmail me. And, you know, you're kind of in a, in a standoff. Mm-hmm. Um, usually someone uh, dies. That's how that gets resolved. Okay. <laughs> in the TV shows. I see. So you're saying don't go down the blackmail route. Yeah, probably not. Okay. I would just go tell my boss if, if I'm trying to answer this seriously. Um, I would still have a teeny tiny little voice in the back of my head saying, maybe you're wrong and this is going to yeah. really offend this person. And then an, an even tinier voice saying, maybe you're right, but you will lose this argument. <laughs> Right. But I don't know. It seems pretty clear. And and if someone did this, if someone came to me and said, hey, the person who showed up is not who I interviewed, I would believe them, I think, because I work with them and know them. And it would be really weird for them to do that without it being true. I'm just imagining this scenario where you 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 accuse Bob and then Bob provides irrefutable evidence that Bob was indeed <laughs> the person. So then your next question to the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast is, I've realized I can't remember faces from one week to the next. What do I do? <laughs> well, 
I am living proof that you can make it 34 years through life without remembering faces. Yeah. Jameson and I have never actually seen each other in person. <laughs> We're in the metaverse already. <laughs> Bob had someone else pretend to be him to pass the interview. Yeah, I don't know. Just I think you just got to out him. Really? You would do that? Yeah. You wouldn't? Uh, I guess it depends on who I am in this scenario. If I'm boss's Bob, uh, boss's Bob. If I'm Bob's <laughs> boss, I'm okay, definitely so you're Bob. Got it. Boss's Bob is Bob. <laughs> boss's, the boss is Bob. If I'm Bob's boss, I'm gonna definitely ask the question. If I notice, like Bob, I'm a little concerned that the person who interviewed isn't you. Here's a screenshot from the Zoom call. This doesn't look like you. I would do that. But if I'm like a coworker of Bob, I don't know. Although I gotta say, you really it, wouldn't say anything. It's there's. There's just that twinge of doubt that I'm wrong. Like if I'm yeah. a, if I'm a hundred percent certain, because I mean, remember this is like video calls. You know, things. I yeah, I interview so many people. I would not, I would not be surprised if I just remembered the wrong face. You know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And and this is a hard thing to verify without letting Bob know that you you told someone exactly that this is happening <laughs> like the only way to check is going to be someone talks to bob and say hey did you pay someone else to interview for you how's that going to go though like a person who's willing to fraudulently put a proxy in for their interview is probably prepared for that question no it wasn't. <laughs> it nope. was, that was me <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to make your manager's life so horrible. I know, it's going to be awful for a little while. But, but I'll tell you, like, if I had irrefutable evidence and I knew for sure this wasn't the right person, I would absolutely move to fire them because it's like, this is major fraud. You've totally misrepresented yourself. That does not fly on any of my teams. It's just that first part. Can I actually feel 100% confident that it's wrong, that it's yeah. them? Yeah. So that's my answer. Huh interesting meanwhile you've got a lot um, i mean it's gonna be a lot of fun be like hey bob remember that story we talked about <laughs> remember that story we talked about in your interview oh man that was great remember that time you you told us about how you climbed mount kilimanjaro and you almost died with the error in the altitude oh man tell us more about that bob <laughs> remember that time you said that you would come in and juggle for all of us on your second day at work <laughs> in the interview remember that well i just happen to have these juggling clubs <laughs> i okay i can also see someone admiring the grift and saying it's it's bold i like it but i, I don't know this is i would suspect that the person would do this because they wouldn't be able to pass the interview because they right. don't have the skills to do the job so it, selfishly if i'm an, a colleague i don't really i want to have to deal with that uh, on the other hand if they lack the skills to do the job that'll become pretty apparent pretty fast and you could make a move to terminate on those grounds. Yeah. Especially if it's a contractor. Con uh, you know, in the US, l letting go of a full-time or of, a, of an employee is a lot more challenging. You know, a lot of paperwork, a lot of legal requirement, but a contractor, you can say, okay, your contract is over. Depending on the terms though, I mean, what was signed. Yeah, and they're new here, so they don't know how it works. So you could just say, every week we just pick someone at random to, to end their contract. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry, I know it's only been a week, but you lost. But that's you this week. And we don't question the dice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have we answered the question? I think so. This is a wild one. Good luck. I Look, I would love... We ask this all the time, but in this case, Zach, will you please let us know how this goes? I want like a weekly status report. Yeah. I want to meet Bob. Either of them. Yeah, either one. 
<laughs> okay, should I read the next question? Go for it. Thank you for doing the show. It's amazing, and I look forward to listen to it every week. I thank you. From an anonymous listener. So it could be me. I could be complimenting myself. <laughs> I am a software engineer with three and a half years of experience, and in those years, I've worked at five different companies consecutively, increasing my salary by around 50 to 70% every time I change jobs. Wow. At this point, I'm afraid that it looks really bad in my resume since the longest I've been at one company is one year and three months. But at the same time, it's really tempting to keep growing my salary and benefits that easily. Does changing jobs every one year have a negative effect on my employability in the long run? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to do a little math here. Yeah, that's what I was just doing. So three and a half years, five jobs. One of those was one and a quarter years. So that means you've done, on average, one job, or four jobs in a row that were six months long. Wow. That's a lot of job changing. Kind of. And then the other thing I want you to do math on so I don't have to do it on air in front of people is 50 to 75% or 70% salary increase every time. Yes. So even if you start out pretty underpaid, it feels like that would, after four job switches, that would be very highly compensated and it would be hard to get a huge bump again. Yeah. So I'm doing some math on that one. <laughs> That's That can't be right. I'm just waiting. So, okay, well, I, I'm going to go with the lowest. I'm going to assume 50% increase every time because he said the range or the, the listener said the range was 50 to 70%. And let's say you start at the lowest starting salary I've heard of for a, a new developer in the US of like 40000 That would be $200,000 a year. I'm, yeah. I'm questioning that number. What did you say? The, the starting salary was 50000 40K starting, 50% raise four times. Yeah. That's two hundred grand. Yeah. I mean, someone's probably, uh, it's it's possible to get 200 grand a year with three and a half years of experience, probably in the right circumstances. Yeah. You must be amazing though, if you do. Yeah. And and you also started out very, very underpaid. Right. <laughs> Both of those. Yeah. And if you started out more moderately paid and got the, like I say, a 60% raise four times, now we're talking 400,000 a year. So congrats to you is all I can say. Way to go. Yeah. Was it worth it? Yes. Um, you did it. <laughs> now hold on to that salary for as long as you can. Yeah. At the same time, it's really tempting to keep growing my salary and benefits. I don't think they'll keep growing that easily. Yeah. Salary growth, in my experience, is the, the most rapid at the beginning of the career. Right. And then it seems to level out a little bit. So yeah. I would be shocked if you can change jobs several more times and get that big of a raise each time. Yeah. You'll, you'll top out. Because what will happen is you'll start to encounter companies who will interview you and you'll pass the interview and then you'll talk about salary and you'll tell them, I want another 50% raise. And they'll say, well, that would mean you make more than the CTO. So we're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're going to do this, you really need to know salary info up front. Yeah. But you're probably, you're probably paid just about as high as one can be paid at three and a half years of experience. Yeah. That kind of numbers. Just changing jobs. The question they ask at the end is, does changing jobs every one year have a negative effect on my employability in the long run? Not in today's market. <laughs> yeah. If if I saw someone with three and a half years of experience and they changed jobs every six months and then had one longer stint, I would assume they will probably be here between six months and a year. And I don't think I'd be super excited about hiring that person, mm -hmm. but someone would be. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> someone will hire this person. Absolutely. Maybe they have a really unique and specialized skill set, right? Like maybe they can demand a lot because there's some some attribute about them. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to think of ways this makes sense at all. This doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah, it's totally totally doable though. And I I will think so now in order to actually answer the question of will this hurt me in the long run, we do have to predict the future a little bit. And I would predict hmm. that probably if you keep doing this for the next, I don't know, let's say five more years where you have now 10, now you have like 15 jobs under your belt. I would say, yes, that will start to hurt you because what it will do is it will close doors to companies that are looking for long-term relationships with you. And it will only retain doors open for companies who are willing to do short engagements. And it might even put you into the world of freelancing or into contracting of some kind. And that might be okay. Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. But but yeah, it's more like a consulting right. thing than an employee. And that's what I found. So I've interviewed a lot of people over the last year. Well, over the last 20 years, but in particular the last year. And what I have found is that there definitely is this caricature of developer who uh, jumps around every six months and they look an awful lot like contractors. And oftentimes they come to me through agencies, mm. staffing agencies who want to place them. And, and most of the time I say, no, we're looking for someone who can be with us for a little bit longer and who has a proven track record of doing so. Not only because I want them to stick around, but also because when you start to get that many years of experience, but the experience... So here's what ends up happening. You end up having a salary that says, I've been working for five, 10 years, but you have the same experience repeated over and over and over. So even though you have 10 years of experience on paper, you actually have like maybe one to two years of actual experience because you haven't lived with the effects of your decisions. And we've talked about this before on other episodes, right? Of... Because yeah. it actually makes sense to quit your job that much. So for me and my teams, yeah. the way the kinds of teams that I have developed a specialty for leading and working on, that doesn't work for us. You know, we need people who have been around, they've made important big decisions, and then they've lived with those for a couple of years, and they've learned, right? But you can't really learn in six months, you know, what a decision will do in two years. Yeah. I wonder if there's also a, like, there are people who are kind of serial entrepreneurs or something, and they just kind of start a new thing pretty regularly. Maybe you could pitch it that way but if i were hiring i would try to hire someone else yeah and like good news is you did it right it worked yeah yeah <laughs> you, you hopped jobs a bunch got giant pay bumps every time it might be beneficial to to prove that you can hack it in the long run at one place where you yeah like you said your decisions catch up to you right you can't outrun them that's right that's right so in other words your strategy worked for now it got you to this point, and now you're going to have to pivot strategies, probably. Although, today's market, <laughs> who knows? It's so wild out there right now. Yeah, everything comes with an asterisk. Yeah. Have we answered this question? <laughs> Let me reread the actual question here. Will this have a negative effect <laughs> on my employability in the long run? I would say the answer to that question is no. If you stop now and start putting in time, putting in some longer tenures at your current company. Yeah then it will have no negative effect. Nobody nobody looks at a resume where the first three and a half years have four or five jobs hopping every few months and thinks anything of it these days for developers. Yeah, given that there are longer periods after that. Exactly, yes, good point. So I think, you're, I think you'll be fine. Yeah, I just, I didn't say this explicitly, but another danger if you look at a resume and see a bunch of short stints is, did this person get fired, right? Like, do they right. keep flaming out at all these jobs? That's another, like, second asterisk, right? Like, if, if you have a good story for each one. Yeah. The story is someone paid me 50% more <laughs> to right. go to this other job. <laughs> what would you do? That's a pretty good story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Question answered. All right. <laughs> what can people do if they would like their own questions answered? Go to softskills.audio and click the Ask a Question button. And we just want to take a moment and say thank you. From the bottom of my gigantic question backlog, thank you. 
we uh, <laughs> from the bottom of our backlogs. <laughs> Thank you. There are so many questions coming in nowadays, and we are just really appreciative. We love reading your questions, and you keep the show interesting and fun. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. We'll catch you next week.